0: This is a honky tonk man, the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Hey, everybody! This is Teddy DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man. And you are listening to, and you're listening to, the Wrestler Review. Priceless.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Wrestler Review. In an addition to our four part Macho Man series, we are doing a one part. On his brother, his little baby brother, Lanny Fucking Poffo. Oh yeah, it's weird. I always
2: assumed Lanny was the older brother, like the older fucking <laughs> weird <laughs> brother, son of immigrant parents, who are like, oh Lanny, he cannot work because he gets the headaches, so when he is not as
1: <laughs> Well, that's the thing about Lanny Poffo is he clearly, clearly is the Brent Gretzky of this duo. Like I haven't seen oh. two brothers who have, like cuz the thing about Brent Gretzky was the brother of Wayne Gretzky one of the famous most, uh, sports and stats his, stats and sports history is Wayne Gretzky and Brent Gretzky are the two highest scoring brothers in the history of uh, professional ice hockey uh, Brent's, uh Wayne Gretzky had almost 3000 points that goal and assists and Brent's, Brent Gretzky had three points <laughs> and they are the highest Scoring brothers. <laughs> and I wouldn't say Eleni Poffo's that shit at being a wrestler. I think he's actually quite good when I watched all his matches. Like he's doing high flying shit in the eighties that they legit didn't do in the WWF until that wasn't popularized until Rey Mysterio <laughs> came to the WWF. But he has this just lower view of himself. Like I imagine Angelo Poffo... they always say the firstborn is usually favored. I would imagine Angelo Poffo put that in his wedding vows to his wife that he ha- she had to adhere to favoring Randy at all costs. <laughs> Here's what I'm going to say. is I think Angelo probably favored Randy.
2: Um, and then Mrs. Poffo was like,
1: but Lani is my boy. He reads the books. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think it's spelled out who's going to be the winner and the loser in... um. In Brothers, when one's named Randy and the other one's named Lanny. <laughs> uh, you, let me say this about Lanny. Lanny
2: Poffo's winning now because guess who got all of Randy's money? Ooh, his dog,
1: Hercules. Yeah, his dog, Hercules, who Lanny killed right before he <laughs> <killed> his <laughs> own brother, Randy. Ooh, I'm going to turn into a tree. Here's
2: a poem for you. Uh, Randy, Randy, oh, you're my bandy.
1: I fucking killed you, and now I'm the big brother. (laughs) That's why I love Lady Poffa, where it's like, every interview with Lady Poffa was like, Well, you know, I understand why they didn't use me. There was a lot of talent in the 80s. And if I may say so myself, if you kiss a woman twice in a row, you'll get AIDS. Um, As we all know, when you play basketball with black people, you will get robbed. (laughs) He... Honest to God believes there should be no schools. (laughs) You're born and then you figure it out for yourself. (laughs) Oh, that's so good. It's so good. Well, you can talk now. (laughs) You can talk now. Figure the rest out. They should adhere to
2: my morning routine. Up, six o'clock in the morning. Splash of cold water on my face. Wind sprints on a basketball court. Play basketball for 40 minutes. Back to my house. Infrared sauna. Out of the infrared sauna use the bathroom no toilet paper i haven't used toilet paper in 10 years (laughs) a a clean a quick clean of my bottom you want to make sure you use a bidet soak it dry it off soak again dry it off
1: here's my question though how much of this is actually true because it is based somewhat on truth that's all true that's all true
2: That's that's his that's his morning routine. There's something about blueberries. I can't remember the blueberries thing, but there's something about blueberries that he does every morning as well. That is something to do with his diet. And because I remember he was like, "It's very important." You could see them coming out the other way, and you're just like, "Good God, this is why people should have children." You're in your fucking sixties, and you're like, "My movements
1: are what matter to me." <laughs> yeah, at a certain point, <laughs> like in your thirties, it might not seem like a good idea. But just think of it as an investment, much like a savings plan for your 40s and 50s, where it's like, once you start to lose it, your life makes more sense. So your kid will be like, oh, that guy's just going a bit nuts because he's, because having raising children is hard. Not like, that guy's going nuts because, uh, I don't know, man, no one wants to talk to him.
2: <laughs> Goddamn insanity, baby.
1: Did you know that you can spend $20, Lanny Poffa will call you on your birthday, and... As reported on another podcast by uh, one of their listeners, um, they will just—he'll just keep calling you. What? Once he has your phone number, he'll just text you things from time to time. Oh, like my Lanny God, Poffo yeah. knows your phone number now. Like uh, one one guy did it for a lark, just to talk to Lanny Poffo, and then Lanny Poffo ended up texting him that Bruno San Martino died. So that's how he <laughs> learned that Bruno San Martino died <laughs> was from leaping Lanny Poffo.
2: <laughs> I have a poem for you, fan. Bruno, Bruno, oh no, you, cross me, Lanny Poffo, and I fucking stabbed you in the heart.
1: <laughs> I have made a poem. Please, call me. Me, no friends. Where are my friends? What rhymes with friends? Suicide. Yeah. Lanny Papo now attempts to rhyme the word orange.
2: Orange.
1: (laughs) That's why I didn't have children. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Orange. Trying to figure out
2: that puzzle for years. Orange. I was a disappointment to my father from the moment before I was born. He started (laughs) every morning by letting me know that I was the weak one and couldn't take him down in a fight. I broke both of his hips, but he said, "Mm, I did that so that I'm closer to your knees. Then he bit me in the knee.
1: I will say this though, Lanny Poffo, this is going to sound silly, but Lanny Poffo is in some ways the blueprint for how the WWE right now runs its lower mid card in that go on. he, He was a jobber, but he had a gimmick. Like he wasn't just like, here's Fred, no entrance. It was leaping Lanny Poffo, he looked like an athlete, he would just end up losing to everybody. And he had an actual gimmick. And I'm going to say it, some of the shit he does is the best. Like, the genius, um, we're going to talk about this, uh, well, uh, actually, I don't want to ruin that part, uh, if you haven't heard of it. Because I had to learn about it, and it was... Muy bueno, Buente. That was three languages, John. I know three languages. Um. So Lanny Poffo starts off uh, his wonderful, wonderful life, born in Calgary, spent two weeks there and then fucking left. That's how you got to do it in Calgary. <laughs> Fuck you, Stampede.
2: <laughs> do you think because he was the son of
1: a wrestler, Stu Hart tried to, sh- tried to stretch Lanny Poffo in that two weeks? No, because he had freshly stretched out Helen because she was pregnant with Ellie, who would marry Jim
0: Nighthart.
2: Oh, that's fucking disgusting. When well, do
0: the- you rub your pussies together and make one baby? You want to know how we make daughters? <laughs> Helen fucks yourself. Yeah, you um, switch, switch out him and a girl, Helen. get Steal the savages, baby. I want another boy to mold into something I can fuck. Yeah <laughs> Not Bruce not the- <laughs> Bruce is here He's not hot enough I want something <laughs> Italian. tell yeah, you yeah. yeah. that, that, must- that mustache is making me softer Than a woman's spine <laughs> <laughs> Yeah just to be clear, I'm Stu Hart, and I fuck kids. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. to be clear, the wrestling review podcast has really descended into a life I will, Brett, pop your little asshole. <laughs> Dylan, imagine we get
2: sued by the Hart family. Do you understand how horny I would become if we have, we are served a summons from that you are besmirching the good name of the Hart family? I... First of all, we're going all the way to the court. I'm not settling. I'm like, great. We're going to court, and you have to play episodes from our podcast for the judge.
1: Um, Well, well, here's what I think. I think if we were the people that got the Hart family talking again, I think we'd have won the lawsuit. The judge would have been like, you guys did it. And then soft kiss. I assume that's (laughs) a hot judge. I fucked the judge wait a minute do i also fuck the judge or you just get to fuck the judge i think we both fuck the judge also the only way i would ever accept a lawsuit from the hearts would be if it was on judge judy
2: wait a minute you know you can't just accept you can't accept a lawsuit
1: yeah but you can just say judge judy you can just be like i think this should be judge judy and then the the crown in canada is like yeah i'm cool with this switching countries and it being on judge judy that's a rule. That would be very funny if we just did Judge Judy. Robert picked and tried it. I would love <laughs> an actual serious crime on Judge Judy. What? What are you doing there, you knucklehead? Skinning women alive and putting them in fridges.
2: <laughs> Welcome everyone to your ni- to your nightmare. Well, <laughs> Welcome everyone. Steinberg. My name is Gene Okerlund. I'm from a little town called Minneapolis. And the only reason I agreed to be on this television show is I want to. I want there to be a record of the world to the world of how I turn you into a fucking hat.
1: <laughs> My calling card is I'm you now. Um, yeah. My calling card is
2: violence. Um, go ahead.
1: So if he starts wrestling in 1974, Lanny Poffo follows the exact. Angelo Paffo must have been a goddamn menace, this guy. Or it's one of those things where it's like, maybe if I start wrestling, dad will stop. Uh, of the whole, my dad works on the road thing. But he starts into baseball, uh, and then that doesn't work out for him. And he starts being a pro wrestler. It's the exact same trajectory as Macho Man Randy Savage. Um... He's working independence throughout the 70s, uh, initially works for George Scott in 1976 and 1977. George Scott, of course, is the booker that brought him in to the WWF um, when Randy asked if they have any room for his brother. And he said, not at the top. And Lanny said, that's okay with me. Mm-hmm.
2: That's, Lanny doesn't go at the top. Lanny, much like my mom. Is the bottom? <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your mom, yeah. Nice. What? All right. That's what. Go ahead. Your mom. Your mom has sex. Do you know that? It's inappropriate.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: He worked with Don Owen in '78 and '79, and Roddy Piper sent him to Los Angeles to work with the Guerreros. It still which I imagine to me is that Roddy Piper
2: was friend with the entire Guerrero family, even though I know Rowdy Piper said racial slurs to them. Like He definitely was like, Rice and beans, boys! And they're like, oh God, Roddy, yeah, fine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Roddy, how'd you come up with this character? Oh, this is just how everyone talks in Winnipeg. Yeah, oh my God, Winnipeg. He was from north
2: of Winnipeg, good God. They wouldn't know what Mexican people are, they would just assume that all of them were native. He just assumes they're all natives. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Roddy, Roddy uh, sent him to work for the Grow family in L.A., which was a conversation I want to hear. Roddy Piper talking to the genius. No one said anything. They were friends. They were like they were friends. The, the thing with Lanny Poffo is that he was friends with everyone.
2: Everyone got along with him. He was also like part of it was also was basically um, Mr. and Mrs. Poffo basically made. A fixer for their eldest boy Randy, because they're like, "Well, we gotta, we have to have a human to escort this actual
1: bag of shit around." Oh, I know, we'll make one. But that's the crazy thing, where Randy Savage, everyone says Randy Savage lived his gimmick twenty-four hours a day, and he never let it go, and he's super old school that way. And then you see Lanny Poffo's shoe interviews, and I would submit to you, the listener, that. That just might be how Randy Savage is. Yeah, that is how he is. He's just a bad person. No, I don't mean a bad person. I mean like... No, no, you mean he's a bad person and you're happy he's dead. No, I agree. No, I'm not. John, no. John, don't say that. I said it. I believe it. I mean, I'm not happy he's dead because every life is precious. Why are you And I mean that Stuhart begging on his kids.
2: It's weird that you keep bringing up that Stuhart's a pedophile. I don't know where you got that idea, but I'm all about it.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, where did I get that idea? The fact that he has a place in his basement calls The Dungeon that no one ever... S-
2: <laughs> yep, you know what? Yeah, you just convinced me. You're right.
1: Hey, Helen, when was the last time Stu took you on a vacation? Oh, he never
0: really has, but he's in the dungeon with some men who we make stand still.
1: <laughs> mean Gene probably got his idea, like, hmm, The Dungeon. Men agreeing to do anything you want. I have several ideas, Stuart. It, he works with, of course, he works with IC, for ICW, which is the, um... Fucking outlaw,
2: motherfucking promotion, you fucking the Fucking Angelo Papa fucking starts to go to journal. All, you fucking cut.
1: He's a uh, outlaw promotion. His dada started because him and Randy weren't getting enough shine. You can hear more of that on Randy Savage Part 1. And... Uh, oh, yeah, you will. This is when ICW kind of folds and it is a very smart power play by the elder Pafo that essentially he kind of keeps his cards to his chest as far as how much trouble ICW is in and ends up the only reason he created the promotion is essentially the way it pays off in that Lanny and Randy uh, both get jobs um, first in 83 in Mid-South where Lanny was tagging with Rick Rude um against the midnight express and this is the first period where Lanny poffo they say he thinks he needs to stand out so what does he do john do you know what he does um oh i dropped my phone i think
2: i think he invents the infrared sauna he
1: at the urging of bill dundee starts wearing a chest plate of armor armor yes no i it's the best he just ever. he just <laughs> and is it like is there a re- no he just wears armor
2: now <laughs> what's even better is apparently bill dundee was trying to make fun of him and lanny poffa was just like what
1: a great idea <laughs> i never thought of it that way i have a poem for you thank you bill you are racist that's fine none of them rhyme bye bye uh I have a poem for you.
2: Your name is Dundee. You got a woman to inadvertently rape your own son. Good day. <laughs> That's fine with me. Yeah, I'm all right with that because at least you showed compassion towards your child. Uh, <laughs> keep in mind, by the way, Bill Watts. This is Bill Watts' territory. Is it, uh, Yeah.
1: Oh, well, this is Bill Watts. This is Bill Watts' territory. The first thing Bill Watts does is fire Lanny when he gets there. <laughs> exactly correct. That's the. Uh, <laughs> he fires Lanny and then he hangs up his goddamn cowboy hat and then I'm assuming he calls any Spanish restaurant in the neighborhood and tells him he's building a wall around it.
2: <laughs> again, the uh, and I've said it before.
1: I'm
0: going to build a wall so nobody can get into your restaurant. Now I have to call Stu Hart. He's got some fillies for me. <laughs> They're all pedophiles. Um, I,
2: I've said it before and I'll say it again. Bill Watts... <laughs> Greatest excuse for not being racist is how could I hate Jews? Jesus was a Jew. Oh my God, that's his reason. That
1: full quote from his. <laughs> oh boy, thing. does it, it's not good. Because you know the thing is the four, we'll have to do a Bill Watts episode because
2: no, we're not doing a Bill Watts episode.
1: I for some reason I'm, I'm putting my foot down. Don't put your foot
0: down.
2: They
1: always they just do the thing
2: about the restaurants, but they don't talk about the whole thing with Han- like he specifically talks about Hank Aaron.
1: Doesn't he? Like, it's so much better yeah, yeah. when you
2: read the actual quote where you're like, oh, God. And it's like, Hank Aaron's your boss, you fucking idiot.
1: Yeah. Well, it's also like, I should be able to refuse service to anyone I want. And it's like, I mean, maybe. And then it just starts going into like, because genetically, they can't read. <laughs> you're like, no, Bill. <laughs> why?
2: And He's essentially keeps trying to say queer, like he keeps saying, the damn queers. You're like, what the fuck?
1: And Jim Ross still, well, in a Rossport, this uh, Bill Watts is Bill Watts and Jesus, my words. He's the greatest wrestling man of all time. Also, Ron Simmons. I would never let you kiss my daughter. <laughs>
2: Well, what's crazy, that's the other thing, is it's, like, he loves Ernie Ladd, but he also, like, you can tell he just hates the junkyard dog because he betrayed him, and he blames all black people for that betrayal. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ.
1: Oh, but Lanny doesn't. Lanny's just there. Lanny's, Lanny's the guy at the party who saw everything, <laughs> but you didn't even say hi to. Like, I would assume Lanny goes uh, to parties and no one says hi to him, and he's like, well, this is a lovely occasion. I have a poem. Beer! Beer! Why won't anyone look me in the eyes? So, uh, they start a feud with the Pappos versus the Gilberts. That's Eddie and Tommy Gilbert. Um, they finish up in June 85 and head to the WWF and he's basically (laughs) he's basically there because Randy is huge and I will also submit to you that Randy, the only difference between Randy Poffo and Lanny Poffo is that Randy wanted it way, way more. He was way, way more into it than Lanny. Lanny was just like, ooh, wrestling. What a lovely retreat. Yes.
2: Uh, it's like reading books, but with kissing.
1: Uh, I mean, touching. Touching, of course. <laughs> He starts out winning a couple matches as leaping Lanny Papo, and his gimmick was he would <laughs> write poems and tape them to frisbees and then throw it into the crowd, which is a gimmick that I don't know how you ever do that and think of that and then do that in front of people. He's a maniac. <laughs> He's totally a maniac. Like, can you imagine him pitching that to Vince McMahon? Like, come here, Lanny. I have an idea. I'll write all these poems, and then I'll throw them into the crowd. Okay. (laughs) Whatever you want to do while losing? Yes. Can I lose in the nude? No. Okay, then. (laughs) Like, oh, man. He's what wrestling is truly missing now, where it's just like a full-on... He's an agreeable fucking psycho. Like, this guy is... I I disagree. I think that
2: this is what wrestling has too much of now. Is that... Because in the end, Lanny Pafo is just like, what do you need me to do? Lanny Pafo, as you said, he was a great high flyer. If Lanny Pafo valued his actual career a lot more and just wasn't trying to protect his spot, I think he would have gotten along further. But instead, he was just sort of like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. I don't give a fuck. And they're like, no, but no...
1: Well, that's also the reason, a hundred percent, that he has so many friends in the business still, is because, it's the '80s, it's the new wrestling world. Hulk Hogan's on top. Everybody is trying to vie to be that top heel who gets a bit of that Hogan money, and Lanny Poffo was okay losing to, like the Fab. The le- let me read off some of the people he lo- he loses to. He loses to, the Funks. That is Dory, Terry, and Jimmy Jack Funk. Uh, he loses to the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov a bunch. Like He's an all-purpose jobber. He had a draw with Iron Mike Sharp. How? <laughs> How do you have a draw with Iron Mike Sharp? Because they both have
2: OCD. I guarantee it's something to do with both of their OCDs. Because they both have OCD.
1: Where they were like, how do we both wrestle this match and both sort of lose? <laughs> we both lose. That's so funny. Yeah. One, two. Now everyone into the
2: shower for five hours.
1: <laughs> but that is the whole thing, right? Like like uh, the WWE just introduced No Way Jose, who's like a big dude and maybe in time could become something other than the black men like to dance character. The Vince must put on television every three years. Yeah, the fa- the fan- the fandango of now as it were. Yeah. Maybe he'll become something big, but for now it's just exactly like Lanny Poffo. It's like give him a gimmick. What's his gimmick? I don't know, man. He's happy, but then he loses a ton. Just get him out there. We need someone to lose. Like and whereas in the early 90s, my my remembrance of jobbers was that they weren't contracted wrestlers. They just lost and then they left. And you saw them like maybe three times other than Barry Horowitz. And you have that one guy who loses, and that's his brand, is that like, holy shit, Barry Horowitz is going to lose. And you get, it sounds weird, but it's like almost a better spot than being like a lower mid-card or a mid-card guy. Because if you're the dude that loses, if you're the dude that sucks, people who watch all the time, the hardcore fans are going to show up just to cheer for you for that one time, maybe you win, right? Whereas Lanny wins and loses, like he's Slater. Like he gets the fucking shit kicked out of him. But he's got all these house show victories over just like other jobbers cuz he needs to fill time cuz he's a fucking he's a good wrestler. He is like Heath Slater. He's entertaining and uh, he a good wrestler. Kids. He does not have kids. He aggressively does not have kids. Yeah. I know he's he comes dust. He released a bunch of uh, a book of poems about how you shouldn't smoke cigarettes. <laughs> oh, he, oh, he's the best. <laughs> I like In 2004 uh-oh. Good lord, Lanny Poffo's got the best... He's got the best life. Well, just all of the things he thinks are a good idea, I'm like, how did you come up with that as an idea? Lanny Poffo is what I'm fearful of if I don't have children, where I will also be 60, talk about Asana all the time, and just say, my poems are my children. <laughs> you know, that.
2: You know that is something that you should worry about.
1: You should worry about that. You should worry about it. I'm going to be all 60 having kids, and you're going to be like... Yeah, it's just bullshit. They don't give me enough respect at this open mic. <laughs> That'll be you. I'll be dead then. By 60? Yeah. Why your head's so big you'll just naturally float into the clouds? No, 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 no. I plan on going on a spree well before then. Oh, <laughs> cool. What kind of spree? Shopping? Kissing. Ooh, kissing spree. <laughs> That's <laughs> This part of the podcast will be used in a uh, trial. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: No, it's a, ki- a lot of this podcast will be using a trial. But no, I'm going to go on a kissing spree. Um, but I'm going to do it at a police station. Lord knows that won't end well.
1: Also, I just want to say this. Oh, just try and kiss as many cops before they beat you the shit out of you? <laughs> I think you could get to two. You're a big guy. Say that again? I You cut out for a second. You could just see how many cops you can kiss before you get arrested. And I think you get to two. I think over-under is five. I'm, I'm a quick kisser. Five. Yeah, well, so it would be one kiss each time, but the, all the cops would have to be lined up. Mm. Oh, they are though. I do it at roll call. Ooh, um, Lanny Poffo is losing. He's here. Here are the people he uh, beats: Barry O, Rene Goulet Yeah, the pirate. He he teams with Tony Atlas and beats the Heart Foundation. Oh, yeah, because a- jobbing to Bret Hart, Adrian Adonis, uh, Bob Orton and Jesse Ventura. But he's brought in as a jobber, as a favor to his brother. And like you said, he's working towns. He's having fun. Um, he w- he does say this. The point where he went from like he Slater to Barry Horowitz was essentially when George Scott, the booker of the WWF at the time, gets fired. When George Scott gets fired, The bottom falls out and it's really like, well, I guess we did sign this guy and we fucking have to wrestle him. So he just starts jobbing to absolutely everybody.
2: And the thing also to remember is George Scott, this was George Scott's last big run as a booker. He was a great architect of a lot of amazing bookings. He set the stage for um, Steamboat Flair. He was the first Booker to sort of orchestrate Hogan and a couple other things, but he was also developing Alzheimer's that he wouldn't acknowledge and continued to be a Booker well into that disease consuming his brain.
1: Yes, and there was like a there's a very famous issue with um, how he wouldn't advertise. I think it was the Flair Steamboat match going up against WrestleMania three because they were trying to run a free a TV show while WrestleMania 3 was going on to try and get some extra heat on it, and uh, he only wanted to advertise the towns.
2: He he wouldn't advertise the TV show uh, or the card because he was afraid if you advertised the TV show, they wouldn't show up. And also he was afraid if you advertised the card, they wouldn't watch it on TV, so he didn't do either, which is why for the steamboat flare it does seem like they're like, Fighting in this pool of light in this sea of darkness, and it's because they're in a um, quarter-filled uh, Superdome. You know the the building. Yeah, they which were is in for, super sad. The building they were in for WrestleMania. Imagine that is one
1: quarter-filled. Oh boy. Oh fucking boy. Say it. Speak on this. Oh. Because this is, I think, the first time we go to break, where we don't just talk about the wrestler, but. The man jobs for a bunch more and then is the genius and then goes back to <laughs> – that has a four-year retirement plan called WCW. Yeah. Oh, okay. I can't wait to get to the uh, – the, the
2: conspiracy theories around that are fantastic. But we'll get into the genius. We'll get into his time as Wildcat Willie in a moment.
1: Oh, no. Uh, Just before then, here's what I, – I just want to say this. And uh, I feel like we have a sore, uh, a solid core of listeners who might vibe on this right now. So put, put some leather pants on. Take your shirt off. It's time to vibe. The thing that no one and the th- the reason why Roman Reigns is still being pushed and the reason why uh, they were shy about Daniel Bryan and CM Punk and shit like that was pretty much flair and steamboat where this is critically. If you think about wrestling like any other piece of like any other form of art, there's cr- stuff that's critically acclaimed and there's stuff that's commercially acclaimed. And unfortunately for all of us, those two don't really cross over that much. Interesting. That's what Flair and Steamboat is, where it's like, oh, Rick Flair and Ricky Steamboat have this crazy great match. Oh, my God, it's so good. But from a casual fan's point of view, it's this guy who, as you've said on this podcast, takes an hour to beat Iron Mike Sharp in every town versus a dude who barely beat Macho Man for the IC title.
2: And needed the help.
1: Yeah, who needed the help of George the Animal Steel. So it's an Intercontinental title match. Yeah. Is what this is. It's an Intercontinental title match in a badly lit big room that has no atmosphere. Exactly. And it is an amazing match. Of course it is. But there's a difference between critical and commercial acclaim. And I think people lose sight of that sometimes. Lanny Poffo, the critically acclaimed Poffo brother, Randy.
2: Commercially popular.
1: Who would you say is better at wrestling? Promos, in ring, everything. Lanny Poffo or Brutus Beefcake? You're probably going Lanny Poffo, but Lanny Poffo jobs all the time.
2: I'm going Beefcake, actually. Why? Because I'm an asshole? No, it's of course Lanny Poffo. Brutus Beefcake's
1: the worst.
0: Because I'm an asshole. Leo, Leo, Leo.
1: Dennis Leary Hastings. That's me. More super funny wrestler review action after the break, you fucking dorks. This
2: will be the fastest one ever. Hey, Dylan, patreon.com backslash wrestler review.
1: Patreon.com backslash wrestler review. Patreon.com backslash wrestler review. Please give us money, get uh, alternate episodes, and you can maybe pick the wrestler we review next. And maybe John will get a Barry Darso tattoo on his lower back. Slut, slut, slut. Shame on your body. This is the best Lanny Poffo story, in my opinion. Go ahead. So, this is Lanny Poppo, where he says he feels like the luckiest guy to be in the WWF during the boom period, and he was always looking for ways to give more so he could get more. To that end, he did not mind being a jobber. He's a small piece in a big puzzle, puzzle. Um, but he didn't like jobbing to Bam Bam Bigelow. Why would you? As a man who pretends to have a
2: college education, Lanny Poppo wouldn't like to fight someone with a tattooed head. (laughs)
1: So, so, here is a great story. Once Bam Bam Bigelow... By the way, I should say this. I doubt the 100% validity of this story. It seems very made up. Once Bam Bam Bigelow came into the locker room bragging he got a blowjob from an arena rat, which offended Lanny, firstly because he liked that particular type of female fan and did not like the term arena rat... And he didn't like people boasting about their sexual conquests with them publicly. Why would you? He says they are about Why would 15 you? people. <laughs> of all the things to be hung up on if you're a professional wrestler, people talking about sex. <laughs> um. There's a story after this. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> so I'm thinking about the other story now. Anyway, uh, he replied, did you keep the receipt? And Bam Bam said, what? And Lanny said, you're a very ugly man. You must have paid her something. I hope you paid her something. Uh, Bam Bam squared up and said, "Vince man isn't here to see that you lose this time, you fat bastard. And by the way, say goodbye to your knees. Lanny said that he sat down and everyone laughed at him. I, I doubt that happened. Your, but I just love... The stra- <laughs> the clear social anxiety that Laney Poffa had. You're a very ugly man. <laughs> oh man. Needs the best. Also, one time uh Lainey said he could suck his own dick, and then Blackjack Mulligan said, <laughs> Let's see it. So Laney did it and then blackjack mulligan said that's the most disgusting thing i've ever seen in my life and left the room (laughs) i love
2: it i love i love this man also i love that the first half was like this nice man working it out abused by his parents second half starting strong uh i don't like it when you treat whores like whores now watch me suck my own dick
0: (laughs) i love the idea
1: of someone being like yeah i'd like to see you suck your own dick oh that's gross turns out you suck your own dick when you suck your own dick. It's like, yeah, what did you expect? Yeah. What do you, what Also, do you anyone anyone walking into that room would be like, ha sick rib. Someone? Oh, no. <laughs> or is this just honest? Because if it's honest, I want to be there. Why are you kissing yourself there? So, uh, in 1986, he brings back... The suit of armor.
2: Of course, because he's fighting Andre the Giant. It's the best thing in the entire world.
1: Yeah, he brings back the suit of armor, and he's l- racking up losses to, like, Hercules, Adrian Adonis, Volkov and the Sheik, Hart Foundation, anyone in the Heenan family, and he's just wearing a suit of armor while he does it. What a beautiful, beautiful man. He's just a, He's just a simple... Asshole-obsessed
2: faux poet who doesn't mind losing because he knows that his actual meal ticket, one Randy Poffo, is at the top of the card yelling, oh yeah, and abusing women.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this is right in the heat of Randy's real rise to fame, and on the 27th of December... In 1986, he decided to get some attention by wrestling a bunkhouse battle royal in a full suit of armor.
2: <laughs> the best, the fucking best.
1: Keep in mind, his name is still Leaping Lanny Poffo. <laughs> is it still Leaping Lanny? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, he's Leaping Lanny Poffo. Oh, because he's not the oh, this guy yet. loves to jump. No, he's not the. Gen- he's just a. He's just a guy. Jumping Jim Brazil just dressed as a goat. Like, this makes no fucking sense at all. What's it with people who get le- that
2: have jumping or like any sort of upward mobility in their name that they just lose their fucking minds when they retire?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, Lanny Poffo was not working for the full deck of cards here to begin with. Also, I really like that Dude, this suit of armor thing just keeps on coming up during his career, but also. The guy who gave this to make fun of him, Bill Dundee, probably didn't make as much money as Lanny Poffo did.
2: I think Bill Dundee did very well, but it's Bill Dundee, so it's like, Bill, did you save any of your money? I don't trust the banks to keep all my money
1: in that stripper. (laughs) I don't trust the banks. I invested my money heavily into cocaine that my son does. No, I don't have any
2: money. Everyone knows if you spend your money, you can't get taxed on it.
1: Also, that was a that was both bad build on D impressions because he didn't say any of the words. <laughs> any of the N's, any of the F's, any of the C's. Yeah. He
2: didn't just attack his own son to prove his dominance?
0: <laughs> you get
2: over here. Yeah, you got to you got to beat up your own son or there or your son
0: replaces you.
1: Yeah, he's he's really sticking to the um Full suit of armor. He wrestles Andre the Giant on Saturday Night's main event. Andre headbutts him and Lanny blades. Uh, and this, this is one weird one because he blades. He's a jobber. He tries to get Andre more over, which is like, yeah, man, you really made the difference. Like in his mind, himself, him blading before WrestleMania three really filled out that it was only gonna be uh, it was only gonna be you know, eighty four thousand. That's what really stretched it to eighty seven. That's th- those extra 3000 you got a leaping Lanny's bleeding? Where do I go? Where do I see this horrible man who beat Lanny Poffo? The guy that lost on TV for literally three years before this. Well, I know you're all
2: thinking, you're thinking, um, I really need to see Lanny Poffo, the future manager of the Beverly Brothers. God damn it, John. Dropped your microphone. During my sweet Beverly Brothers joke.
1: Uh. So, all right. Poffo then is mad that he doesn't get on WrestleMania 3 wouldn't you be your brother is facing uh why not have the genius backup Randy Savage
2: that actually would be very good is that his counteraction to um uh the idiot that is George the Animal Steel would be to bring out a very the the super smart um uh. Oh, my brain just farted. Lanny Poffo. I just forgot who we were doing. I literally was about to say, bring out the super smart (laughs) man. And then I just stopped thinking.
1: (laughs) The man who's I'm having a stroke. Bring out the man. Because of the complaint, I assume, now he's just jobbing to everybody. Like, you don't complain. You have a full-time job. Yes, you're in good shape. Yes, you're probably being underutilized, but... There's no real room for what Lanny Poffo was really good at, which is lower mid-card comedy in the WWF at that time.
2: That's a great point. Yeah, there is no room for him. Yeah, there was no place for him to do what he did best, which was be a distraction to big bruisers, as opposed to what that's become now, which is everyone is a distraction to nothing. Everyone is kind of doing mid-card comedy Unless you're AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura, and even they are touching each other's wangs a fair amount.
1: <laughs> yeah, they are also doing mid card comedy. Although, I mean, this won't make this po- this podcast evergreen anymore. But the Nakamura just hitting him in the balls thing has been very, very good. Oh yeah, no, I've really enjoyed it as
2: well. I think it's going to go on for quite some time because it's we're in the era of WWF where Vince McMahon is so old that he doesn't know how long how quick time is. So he'll really, like it, that will be Shinsuke Nakamura's gimmick
1: for the next 10 years. He's, he touches their dicks. <laughs> uh yeah, well I mean I assume that most of wrestling now is just like after WrestleMania they just have a line, they come up with one idea and then they just put an arrow with a point on it and then that just happens till SummerSlam. Yeah, they don't I, really start trying until around the Rumble.
2: No. Like, it's literally just, like, from SummerSlam, from the end of WrestleMania to SummerSlam, Vince McMahon just has a nap.
1: Yeah, that's the funny thing about wrestling is they say there's no off-season, but there could just be an off-season. Like, you really could do WrestleMania and then take a month off, and everyone would be totally, totally chill with that. Like, just, how about we just don't do house shows after WrestleMania? Like, is that such a, is that so bad? No, it wouldn't be so bad at all, but it's the, here's the problem
2: is it's Vince McMahon, and it's also the way that they've structured the company is it's never had an off-season, so they never could have an off-season, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, true. Yeah. So, in 1989, they suddenly decide they're going to do something with Lanny, I assume because they look and they're like, wow, we're paying this guy this much for this much longer? Fuck. So, he becomes the genius character. For those of you who haven't seen the genius, it's great. you are really doing yourself a disservice. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. He says it was based on uh, Inspector Clouseau and Jack Benny. The basic idea is this guy's dumb, but he thinks he's really, really smart. Yeah, he's Lanny Poffo. Basically, Lanny
2: Poffo plays
1: Lanny Poffo. <laughs> <laughs> and building off the poems with fris- uh, on the Frisbees that he would throw to the crowd, uh, Lanny uh, now reads the poems, and most of them are just about how those sports teams are bad. You could also own the 1988 Book of Poetry... That Lanny had, uh, I think it's on his website. So the, Lanny Papo has released two books, not on his life, but on <laughs> poems. He has two books of full poems by this man who, like I said, infrared sauna every day, eats blueberries because it encourages him to dump big.
2: Yeah, he wants, he he's really big into intermittent fasting. He doesn't want to live forever, but he wants to live indefinitely. Jesus fucking Christ. I don't really know what the difference is there, but um, I also don't really want to think about what the difference is.
1: (laughs) So the gimmick was Pat Patterson's idea, according to Brutus Beefcake, the other guy who was just along for the ride in wrestling, Uh, he's going over. The funny thing is. He's basically beating the same people he would beat as leaping Lanny Poffo. It's just that he's now no longer, like, losing to the Hart Foundation. You know what I mean? Because he's beating the exact same jobbers like Sonny Rogers, uh, Jim Powers, Jose uh, Luis Rivera. Like, all these guys are people he beat in 1986 and 87. It's just now they've structured it as a push very reminiscent of what they would do now where it's like, this guy uh, this guy's been jobbing for six years uh, give him a new hat and now he's the best. Yeah,
2: it's also weird that they don't like, they don't have him transition to being a wrestler as the genius ever really, like they just keep him manager, like it was one of those weird things as a kid where I heard in a book that was done by uh, one of the Bill Apter photographers where it's like Lenny Puffo, before he was the genius was a wrestler and you're like imagine it's sort of like how Raven was just Johnny Polo for a bit and you can't figure out why like what was like why not just have him wrestle? He's a really good wrestler, but they're like, nah, no. We we do it our way. Yeah, we the Johnny are the fickle man that is the WWE. We don't logic is not necessarily here. All he is necessary is make a man look like he's wearing a dress and then give him a scroll that's made of metal for no reason and have him hang out with two guys named Bo. <laughs>
1: No, you didn't know this. The Genius challenged, like, had a run with Hulk Hogan. What? Yeah. Explained. Okay, October thirty first, Saturday night's main event. This was in nineteen eighty nine. The Genius got a win over Hulk Hogan via count out due to Mister Perfect's interference. That's insane. That's fucking insane. Yeah. And around this is the this is also around the time where Hulk Hogan wouldn't work with Bret Hart because he didn't think he had the goods. Oh. Well, that makes sense. But Hogan headhunted him because he knew... So Lanny's genius thing is getting over. It's 1989. You you can't have... Hogan knows this. He's a smart guy. You can't have Hulk Hogan just keep on beating monsters. You have to have him beat someone else from time to time. So why not just have old Lanny go out there? And it doesn't hurt anything because the guy was just a jobber. So like, why not have him just beat up Lanny, and uh, here's the conversation that led to uh, Hogan and uh, basically choo-choo-choosing Lanny. Uh, He credits Hogan for helping him get the gimmick over. He says, Hogan really enjoyed the gimmick. That was when he started offering uh, the left hand for handshakes in order to get mocked. He says, even though Hulk Hogan has done nothing for him since, he will always be appreciative of him for letting the genius Wrestle Hulk Hogan. This is 1989. Like Those those are fake fucking payoffs. So here's a conversation they have in the locker room. Hulk Hogan brings him by the wrists uh, and took him to the shower and said, Lanny, you're wrestling like a fag out there. Lanny asked if he wanted to stop. Hulk Hogan said, no, I love it. And I want you to do it more because I want to mock you. Would I mind if I mock you? And Lanny replied, you can mock me all you like. I'll wrestle like a fag and you'll mock me. Professional wrestling.
2: I can't, like, any time,
1: every day that goes by that the entire WWE
2: is not just embroiled in a massive Me Too-esque scandal, I'm shocked.
1: It's nuts. It's nuts. It's nuts. This is why Vince McMahon wants wrestling to be mainstream, and he is so lucky that it's not mainstream.
2: Yeah, because the second it becomes mainstream, all of this is revealed. And, like, by the way, this is... This is deep cut stuff that they shouldn't reveal. This
1: isn't like and how like it's not hard to oh it's just madness. It's all just insane. No, well it's like just just things like funny stories that people tell. Like we we talked about it extensively on the show but like just the funny ribs that they would do to each other that are on DVDs. That are on DVDs that this company has produced. Anyone any HR person looks at those and is like, well, everyone should be fired and the company should be dissolved. Like the fact that Randy Orton shit yep. in tons of the female wrestlers' bags and they got fired for not being chill about it, yes. it is fucked. Like they gave that guy the title 10 more times, but Jillian Hall can't take it working in the goddamn biz because sometimes old Randy is going to nut. what you think is your makeup so you rub jizz on your eyes why not you're a woman you should know how to clean yeah exactly jesus fucking christ lanny's doing great here though he um he he basically transitions into being a manager in a couple years uh 1990 he's working with mr perfect against hogan and the warrior
2: Yeah, yes. This is the great. This is the many times that they have various, uh, the various what you would call managers for uh, Mister Perfect, also Bobby Heenan and the coach. All great stuff. All fucking
1: great stuff. I really like the coach. I do too. I think it's very funny. The coach was great. Uh, He also there was a crazy thing where um, so him and Mister Perfect go on Regis Philbin, and they're gonna do bowling. You mean Regis Philbin? You fucking idiot! What's Regis Philbin? I don't know, man. That's how I say that fucking dork's name. You're Sometimes dork. people don't deserve enough fucking respect for me to say their name right. I'll say it however I want bitch. He's a he's an
2: icon of broadcasting. You will fucking speak to him, speak to him. Speak an to him icon
1: broadcasting. of broadcasting. When before or since has someone been named Regis? He doesn't need name to be- your kid Regis. Oh, sorry. I guess you don't like the guy that made Freddie Blassie famous in America.
2: I guess you don't like the guy that helped wrestling. The reason why we have this podcast is Regis Philbin. You fucking idiot.
1: No, the reason why we have this podcast is Vincent Russo.
2: Yeah, that's also true. It can be Vincent
1: Martin Luther King Russo, I assume, are his middle names.
2: Yeah, Malcolm X Russo.
1: Vincent Vincent Cassius Clay Russo, because he never said Muhammad Ali. Yeah, Vincent
2: (laughs) Jackie Robinson Russo. Because he only likes baseball. Um, He doesn't like
1: hitting. He's a Christian. Yeah. Why can't you just hug the ball? So, but Lanny. All right, so they go on, they're going to bowl. And then Lanny essentially talks Regis out of it because um, he says that if Mr. Perfect... Because that's the thing. If Mr. Perfect doesn't get a strike every time, it totally kills his gimmick. Yeah. That's hilarious. Which is crazy, right? Like, good thinking on the feet, Lanny Poffo. You've earned yourself four years of making 300 Gs and just showing up at the arena like, I have some poems. Lanny, get out of here. Ice train needs to go over. Yeah. I mean, I understand having Lanny Poffo ride the pine, but look at the people they were putting on TV. Uh, no, Lanny, we are not needed here. Get the final solution in the ring. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Well, because Debbie said it was, again, it was, it's
2: he claims, the reason why he was brought in was he was originally going to portray the gorgeous George gimmick that Randy had purchased. That's why he was there. Yeah. Like. It's fucking like that's the and then
1: he just never, he never did it. Yeah, he was told to get in good shape and wait for the call, and the call never came.
2: Yeah. And there's been rumors that he was Wildcat Willie, which was the briefly lived WCW mascot they had. And it's the best. And now he has a retirement. His retirement is daily fasting until 3 p.m. when he eats a combination of beans, mushrooms, bl- uh, blueberries, and, um, Lives in Clearwater, Florida. Always stresses every to everyone that he lives near a Whole Foods, which is clearly his way of saying I'm doing very well, and occasionally does independent wrestling. He's fucking insane.
1: But that's the thing about Lanny Poffo is after 1990, uh, 1990 pretty much, he's used to being retired. And the guy is how old at 1990? 36? He's been a retired since 36. Oh, my God. He's been retired since
2: 36 years old. Also quick thing he was
1: he was born in 1954 and he's uh yeah 1990 36 years old and uh has lived with lived with his mom until her death
2: hello man who's trying to make up for the fact that she
1: never loved him
2: it's land i was gonna up. say
1: he's just an italian man
2: yeah i was gonna say he's just an italian man like you're Why living would
1: with, I with, out of with my mama you're living
2: with a greek family and most of the family still lives there in this one house yes no
1: one moves out ever it's so weird well it's like how do we get this house they're like well we saved up for one house we're not fucking selling it everyone buys a different house and then we have a bunch of houses it's just how people do things Batch at 18 it was like get out that's basically what the vibe of my mom's house was yeah but we're white people Greek, Greek,
2: italians are white too man yeah, but it's di- it's different. Is it?
1: If you're English, if you're of English descent, <laughs> you're essentially taught like you're a wolf, where it's like, I have raised you, now leave. <laughs> you know what I mean?
2: That's a good point.
1: It's not like, you know what I mean? Whereas if you, come, if you immigrate to a country where we didn't just like take everything and we didn't NWO this place, you know what I mean? <laughs> we NWO'd this place, we spray painted them, and now it's ours. And, uh... So we're just confident. We're like, yeah, I'll move out into a new apartment. Shit's gonna work out. You don't need to. Uh, you don't have that feeling like at any point this could all crumble. Which is why being English is the best, bro. I just like the idea of NWOing. That's what we did. Yeah, that's really funny. We came in. You do, You don't. You know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. Here's some blankets. Is that why
2: every time you go into your own house, you climb over the fence and yell at your, at your, <laughs> and your wife's dad?
1: Uh, <laughs>
2: the big yeah. man and the
1: medium-sized man, we're going to cough you up. <laughs> they say, do you want any bread? And I go, so this is where the big boys play. See the adjective? Play. <laughs> That's still the best. Adjective play. By the way,
2: you have seen that a bunch of people on the internet are trying to defend Kevin Nash for that now. Oh, I love the internet.
1: Yeah, so of course they are, because the earth is flat. I fucking hate the fucking world sometimes, man. Oh, it's but shit. let's talk about a man who doesn't hate the world, Lanny Poffo. This is the best way, uh, I think... Well, this is the one of the high. So he says the high points of his career were his first match because he got paid money, and then the best four months of his career was working with Hulk Hogan. But you can't help but feel good for this one. Uh, Royal Rumble, nineteen ninety, double DQ for the Brutus uh, with Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Why is that important? Because it's Lanny Poffo's only ever pay per view match. Wow. Only ever pay per view match. Royal Rumble, nineteen ninety, double DQ against uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Um, as you said, he did briefly manage the Beverly Brothers, um, but mostly after that Hogan feud, basically he's back to being the jobber of a thousand jobs, accompanying, Brutus, uh, accompanying Mr. Perfect to the ring, kind of giving mis- Mr. Perfect the – it does bump somebody up if they have – just having someone they boss around and a little crew does bump somebody up, so he did serve that purpose for Mr. Perfect. But there's a very clear moment where it's like you got to get rid of the fucking genius cuz this guy is just playing the Looney Tunes character that got beat up by the crusher. <laughs> he was yeah. he moved like th- I don't I don't see how anyone didn't notice that he literally leapt around the ring like if anyone's seen Looney Tunes cartoon <laughs> where it's just the guy they basically had Gorgeous George against the crusher uh, and the guy, just <laughs> he just skips around the ring. Like, Lanny Poffo just skipped around the ring <laughs> a lot. It's very funny. He's a dainty boy. Yeah. He just, <laughs> oh, Hulk Hogan and Lanny Poffo, you're terrible people. Oh, here's something fun. He was the tag partner of Charles Austin when Marty Jannetty paralyzed him. Cool. There's a part of me that believes,
2: like, Lawson was just like, I got to get away from this guy. He keeps talking about his <laughs> book of limericks, Wrestling with Rhyme.
1: <laughs> uh he uh so uh Poffo, uh was divorced, but he he routinely like makes fun of divorced people and he's like in he loved cheating on his wife. Uh he's now he, he's chronically single and thinks smoking leads to Alcohol and drug abuse That's why he released his book of poems Basically, no one talks to Lenny Poffo So he has some very weird beliefs He does not like (laughs) He does not like Pat Patterson at all uh, As he believes that Pat Patterson Was the one that convinced Vince McMahon That Randy Savage was too old to keep wrestling And has been quoted as saying Pat's gonna die soon But not soon enough Good God. Good God in heaven. That's almost as bad as um, ap- evidently
2: Ultimate Warrior like was celebrating when Bobby Heenan died, apparently. <laughs> Word on the street is.
1: Jesus fucking Christ. Like,
2: wrestling, wrestling.
1: Yeah, big Trump supporter, and uh, just, uh, just, he's kind of proof of the complexity of a human being. Because the fact that he exclusively eats at Whole Foods, like, this guy is like, oh, I only eat organic, but also, you know, school should be earned, not given. What?
2: (laughs) Yeah. I'm the type of libertarian that doesn't even believe in
1: you don't even deserve clothes at first. What? Yeah, that's the okay crawl crawl towards the garments and sew them yourself yeah i love that libertarian is just code for i'm weird yeah libertarian
2: is just like i'm conservative but i also believe in weed and premarital sex is basically what it is
1: <laughs> libertarian means i want to fuck anybody i want but also my family has money yeah why doesn't everyone just fend for themselves i'm a millionaire <laughs> of course you want everyone to fend for themselves
2: yeah you're a fucking millionaire just pay for health care that's one of my favorite arguments you know some people you just had to pay for health care like, no no but some people don't have the money to do
1: that oh no they should though okay yeah that's a good point can we have a new goal the wrestler review because we have all right we have put up the tippet- ticket link now it's brown paper tickets Mind you guys, the venue. The venue is not the venue that we will be booked. We have yet to book a venue. I'm going to say, it's not
2: 100% that we have this up. It's a lot harder to get a TVA Brown Favorite Tickets thing than we thought, but it's it should be up by the time you're hearing this. So more than likely yes. we'll be on our Twitter. If not, there's an, an admin issue, but just check back. Um, we want to see how many people are going to come to this show. Um, so we're saying buy tickets preemptively we will ha- get a venue for that date it will be uh the first sunday in september at 5 p.m. somewhere in the central london area so you can get trains home it'll probably be 90 minutes of ridiculous wrestling review fun of
1: of stan hansen we will be that'll be the stan hansen episode uh and also that is our main goal is trying to uh trying to get those trying to get enough of you guys out that we can do a venue in London it will be in central London we're talking to a couple venues now yes the second goal is i will produce a daily radio show uh lanny poffo and sean morley talk about what they think is happening in the world
2: yes no and i'm actually going to be the producer of that slash financial advisor where i just go double stop. producer
1: yeah stop yelling the words IN rand <laughs> we'll read off a cnn headline and then they'll give us the real fucking scoop i N. rand what well as you can see Fat people kill more than guns, so why don't we outlaw fat people? Yeah. Oh, that's a joke. No, I'm serious. My I'm laws. Sean Morley. I grew up in Markham. Yeah. <laughs> weed, weed, weed. As you know, my family earned $150,000 a year by doing next to bullshit. Yeah. As why you... can't everyone be like that?
2: My name is Sean Morley, and I'm briefly convinced Edge to live in the Caribbean because of tax purposes. <laughs>
1: I learned at 17 what taxes were. Still, you gotta listen to the Sean Morley episode again. It is fucking fascinating. That guy is the fucking dumbest person in the world. He learned what taxes were at 17. How do you not know what taxes are until you're 17? Canada.
2: I like. Oh my god. I remember when I was 16 and there was a girl who had to be explained email, and she kept being like, "Wait, but who gives
1: it to me?" Really? Yeah. Her name. My was- one of my. Fr- Oh, what was her my name? first memories on this earth are my family complaining about taxes. Oh yeah, no 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 no. Like my first Wait, me- my Bob f- Ray, get your hands out of my pockets. Oh yeah, the
2: Bob Ray years. Yeah, my some of my first memories are my grandmother being like NAFTA. Now
1: that there goes this country. <laughs> <laughs> uh, John, what's your favorite thing about Leap and Lanny Poffo? The metal scroll when he was the genius. I just thought it was
2: the best. Yeah. Yeah. Like a manager has like what? What? Why is it? Just get a chair better than for a fucking fuck tennis sake. racket. Yeah, it's not better than a tennis racket. Nothing's
1: better than the tennis racket. I the era where they would just say things were loaded. Oh, that's a loaded pillowcase. That's the best stuff. Yeah, that's a loaded. Loaded what? Shut up!
2: His lips are filled with lead. He's kissing. <laughs>
1: that's a kiss butt. Yeah. Uh, uh, my favorite thing about uh Lanny Poffo. I mean, you gotta say the poems. The fact that. You release two books of poems, one in nineteen eighty eight before he starts as the genius, and then one in two thousand and four. Because fuck it, who cares? You can self publish it now. Is the best, like it's the best. He credits his poems to the fact that he really likes Shel Silverstein. Man, what a fascinating dude! Like this guy just has so much time on his hands. Yeah, the whole the way he fills his days, the. He probably sleeps 14 hours a day just because he's not the idea what to do. Oh, he's out of his fucking mind. Oh, what's the worst thing about uh, Lanny Poffo, Johnny?
2: The fact that he loved cheating on his wife. Just the idea that this man's having sex. I'm just like, oh, that. well, that ruins it for the rest of us, doesn't
1: it? <laughs> the fact that jobbers had sex is very... <laughs> just the fact that two girls would be talking like, I hooked up with a wrestler. Oh, what's his name? Le- Iron Mike Sharp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nikolai Volkov.
2: <laughs> oh,
1: no. yeah, because Coco Beware was busy. The sex life of Leep and Lanny Poffo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that guy has a bird. Can Ch- I just be friends with the guy with the bird? No. Yeah. No. Go with the man with the hat. <laughs> <laughs> go with the guy whose character is himself. Uh, my favorite. My or sorry. Uh, the thing I, I didn't like about uh Lani Poffo. Uh, the most is just just how comfortable he is still saying homophobic slurs. Oh, yeah. That's a great one. He just throws them out there and then doesn't register that they're bad. Also, I think my favorite thing, actually, another great thing about it, I got to have two favorite things, is just that he, like the honky-tonk man, is like, I feel like it started out like, holy shit, we got Leap and Lenny Poffo. What dirt are we going to get when they did shoot interviews? And now it's down to like... Lanny Poffo calling them and being like, I'll do it for Coca-Cola. Yeah. And they're like, no. And he's like, free then. Good. Someone to talk to. I, <laughs> I'd i like a reason
2: to leave the house. I've been shitting in jars and the jars are overwhelming in smell.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd believe it. I would believe he's, they offered me running water and I declined. Jars are fine, I'll drink my pee, it makes me stronger than you. Did you know that Whole Foods can ban you if you correct the staff enough about placement of things on shelves? I think that's a great place to Uh, John, do you have anything to plug wug
2: Uh, My album is available on iTunes, John Hastings Art. You can purchase tickets for my Edinburgh show uh, at thepleasance.co.uk uh UK or at the john hastings dot cam. um and uh yeah keep being the fucking pieces of shit that we all know you all are and none of you are my friends
1: uh, i'm going to halifax and st john in eastern canada and uh august and september i'll be in the uk but mostly just come to the goddamn podcast show guys please i love you i love you make love to me on the ground passionate bye-bye get in the dirt Goodbye. Okay,
2: The driver's shop is closing down. Unsuccessful was his last attempt.